All right, we'll just uh, we'll go ahead and pay off this breaking note. OU has added another player from the portal in redshirt senior kicker Tyler Keltner. Tyler Keltner originally started at East Tennessee State University, ETSU. Transferred to Florida State. Where it doesn't look like he kicked in a game. Oh, he had one extra point in the win over North Alabama on November 18th. So a little depth, a little competition there. But Tyler Keltner committed to Oklahoma. Kicker that, at least based on the stats that I'm looking at, Josh, didn't do too much at Florida State last year, but we are talking about a room that, Left a lot to be desired, and I like the kid a lot that's coming in the preferred walk-on out of Moore, but not bad to have an extra experienced leg, and I'm ass- I'm assuming this is a preferred walk-on. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, not going to hurt anybody's feelings. I can't no. imagine. Um, all right, let's hit the top five stories today as we kick. Wow, it's hour three. We are on the road at Cavens Group. We do this every single Thursday. Cavens Emergency Disaster Response Group, 405-573-3048. Local, committed to you. That's Gary and Jessica Cavins here at Cavins Disaster Response Group. And let's hit our top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino. I-44, exit 107, online at newcastlecasino.com. You know me. I'm a fan of the OTB. Check it out. Plus, uh, incredible rewards, and the Front Row Sports Bar and Grill is absolutely awesome. I keep saying Sports Bar and Grill, Sports Bar. Uh, cool area to go hang out at Newcastle Casino. Again, I-44, X and 107, newcastlecasino.com. A big story, number five. Number five. I don't know how big of a deal this is to uh, some of y'all, but the NCAA who is in the process of kind of overhauling and, dare I even say, revamping its brand, has reached what is being described as a milestone eight-year deal with ESPN that will cover over 40 NCAA championships domestically, 21 women, and 19 men's events, not including men's basketball, along with the international rights to the D1 men's basketball tournament. According to Sports Business Journal, the deal is worth an average of $115 million annually. And uh, let's see here. The production and marketing cost assumed by ESPN would be around 25% more on top of the annual value. Uh, Some notes that matter here, I guess. The NCAA agreement with CBS is set now to conclude at the same time as the domestic rights for the NCAA men's basketball tournament owned by CBS and Warner Brothers. So that means by 2032, the NCAA could have themselves a big old-fashioned payday if they can just stay together until then (laughs) with the rights for both the men's and these championships coming up for bidding. Gosh, what is the... What is a TV market even going to look like in 2032, Josh? It's a good-looking good, good looking question. 
I think the obvious answer would be that so much of this is is moving towards streaming, but now uh, with with YouTube TV or with Fubo, I mean, there's a, a number of different streamers, uh, streaming platforms out there that it's basically cable, but you're paying to stream it. Yeah. So I, I don't know that. I guess that that's to say ESPN's not going away, ABC's not going away, CBS, NBC—they're not going away. It's just the transmission is changing. Um, the women's basketball, women's volleyball, women's gymnastics, and the FCS football championship are all guaranteed to air on ABC each year, while additional ABC exposure is also guaranteed within the overall softball and baseball championships. Um, ESPN has the right to sell sponsorships. Yeah, it's, just, it's, a, it's an extension of the deal and a commitment to giving a larger platform to basketball, volleyball, and gymnastics. That's huge. I still think, I think ESPN should really, and I know early in the softball and the baseball season you still have basketball going on. But I think, what did they try to do? Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights over the last few years with a big college softball game? I think that should become the norm. Like Wednesday nights on the dirt uh, and Thursdays on the diamond. And you just have a marquee matchup every single Wednesday or Thursday night. You can do it. Program, there's enough good programs out there. But I like this for the future of the of the championships. So Huge kudos. for the uh, ESPN Plus platform. Oh, massive. Absolutely. Massive I mean, for the ESPN+. Plus. That, that oh. basically guarantees that so much of what has been streaming there will continue to well, stream there. Okay, so you, you want a good idea of just how big it is for ESPN+. Plus? The math bodes out that this is 2,300 hours of live championship coverage. 800 of those will be annually presented on the ESPN linear platforms, which means – that's 1,500 hours for ESPN+. Plus. And that's just – that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Um, wait, is that right? Is that, ba- yeah, yeah. Basically twice as much of the content yeah. will, will be, yeah, on ESPN+. Plus. All right, big story number four. Number four. In the, in the era of never being too soon to look ahead, Josh, we've spent some time talking about – whether or not we think we got the two best teams in college football playing for the title on Monday. In fact, uh, I've got some audio. Uh, I got some more text to read. And um, much, much more. Much, much more on that take. But for now, Josh, the sign stealing conversation has kind of circled back around. And during their press conference, Yesterday, all right, and I guess this was also during a couple of media rounds, J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback for Michigan, talked about that just very important and relevant topic. I'd say a good number, 80% of the teams in college football steal signs, and, you know, it's just a thing about football. You know, it's been around for years. We we actually had to adapt because in uh, 2020 or 2019, like when Ohio State was stealing our signs, which is legal, and they were doing it the legal way, we had to, you know, get up to the level that they were at. And we had to, 
you know, make it an even playing field. We do work our butts off. We do watch so much film. You know, there's a lot more that goes into play. And, you know, a lot of stuff that gets masked, a lot of work that gets masked just because of the outside perception of what sign stealing is all about. Can I, I just, I'm at the point where I just don't care anymore. I mean, it's pretty obvious that they were involved in something fairly nefarious. How deep does it go is what we're still trying to find out. But now you're having players having to respond to it and things of that nature. And I know, I know, we want answers, but am, am I soft if I just am okay talking about the game and not having to revisit this? For the national championship, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, look, it's going to be a big-time topic. People are going to be talking about it. But clearly Michigan has got here sans uh, any of the signs stealing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. at least in the form or fashion in which that previously they were stealing signs. So they've gotten here of their own merit. They're clearly one of the best teams, and they might win a national championship, and I'm with you. J.J. McCarthy doesn't need to sit up there and try no. and explain what Connor Stallions or Harbaugh or whoever were up to. You know what we haven't talked about that I um... – that I meant to yesterday on the show. And in fact, I had it as something I wanted to get into very early in the show yesterday, but the, the ratings look pretty good for the college football playoffs. Um, according to the ESPN PR release, of course, they're always going to give you the, the bright side of it, right? 27.2 million viewers tuned in for the Michigan, Alabama game. It was the best semifinal since year one rating wise. And it was a top 10 cable telecast of all time. That broadcast peaked at 32.8 million viewers. And I thought this was pretty wild, Josh. You know me. I I have nothing against him. I'm just not a big field pass guy. But the Pat McAfee broadcast drew 1.4 million viewers. The most for any college football playoff alternate broadcast. Wow. Yeah, I mean. That's pretty big. (laughs) It uh, tells ESPN, okay, we do have something in this investment. 18.4 million watched the Washington-Texas game. It was the fourth most watched Sugar Bowl and the third best non-NFL sporting event since the start of the 2023 season. Um, What? I kind of thought with how that game went, you surprised that there were 9 million more viewers of the Rose Bowl than there were the Sugar Bowl? That kind of surprised me a little bit. Michigan, I, Alabama. Uh, yeah, you are talking about Michigan. All right, um, on to big story number three. Number three. OU women's basketball goes on the road in Provo last night and against one of the best shooting teams in college basketball. They knock off BYU 75-63, to out-rebounding one of the best rebounding teams in college basketball, women's college basketball, by 12 boards, and they got off to a hot start. Ginny Bronchek after. Well, you know, I thought, especially in that first quarter, obviously, um, we kind of came out hot, and then we kind of settled a little bit, probably too much from that three-point line um, as time went on. But I tell you what, we got some really good looks. I thought uh, this was one of those 100% – team wins and these are some there's some things that we've got to do to get better we've got to guard some 
you know, some key shooters at the end. I thought they shot the ball really well, a little even above their average, and they shoot well. Um, you know, Lauren Gustin's a beast inside. I thought we gave her a lot of different looks, um, and she still had a pretty good game. So, um, to be honest, this was this was just a fun game. I thought it, just in terms of a whole team effort. Yeah, it absolutely was. You're uh, you're going to see a couple of double-digit scores. Skylar Van finished with 19 points, 14 for Aubrey Jones, 12 for Lexi Keys. Uh, and I think eight of twelve, eight of the twelve points that Lexi Keys had were in the first ten minutes of the game. <laughs> she was in the first maybe five minutes of the game. She was amazing. Oklahoma rolls. They're two and zero in conference play for the first time since the sixteen seventeen season, and they're home on Saturday for a showdown with Cincinnati. To big story number two. Number two. We knew it was going to be a little bit tougher on the road after that uh, wild, wild win over the Boston Celtics, but despite struggling, the Thunder kept fighting last night in Atlanta. Weaves in the lane and finds Shea straight away on Capella. Slashing right on the run, lays it home, and he's fouled by Capella. OKC within nine again at 93-84. But unfortunately down the stretch, they just didn't have enough, and the Hawks pick up a big win. Gets it down underneath. They throw it in the corner. Joe misses, and that's the game. And the Hawks escape with the win. Isaiah Joe took the last shot, and he missed. But the Hawks got a pretty big ball. <laughs> well, final score, Hawks 141, and the Thunder 138. By the way, whenever they say the Hawks, that's the Atlanta Hawks radio network, dodge a pretty big bullet, that's because of how dominant that Atlanta appeared to be at times during this game. And then how they had to hold on for the win despite 33 points, 13 boards, and eight assists, nearly a triple-double last night, Josh, for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah, he's uh, just been marvelous. And if you scroll through OKC's schedule, he's, I mean, basically the leading scorer, as he should be, every single night. And most every night it's uh, 25-whatever-plus it is. So, yeah, he he was his typical incredibly productive self. They just got off to such a terrible defensive start last night and really just uh, were uphill the whole way. Thunder back in action on Friday night at 6.30 on the road in Brooklyn against the Nets. Uh, who have struggled this season. Gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, are, are you finding anything that makes sense of this Quinchon Judkins transfer? Is this – is, is he's, it's up, he's from Alabama, so some people are speculating that this is about – is that me? I'm sorry. Hold on. There you go. Uh, speculating that this is about him going home and this is about him getting home. Um, Like I said, I'd heard a lot of – buzz about what he was making and the kind of NIL deal that he had. Um, But he's going to enter the portal. SEC second leading rusher. Did something in his first two seasons that hadn't been done since Herschel Walker. And I think it's fair to say maybe one of the key reasons why many felt like Ole Miss was in a position to be a national championship contender in 2024. How much do you put into the on three NIL valuations, Josh? Not a ton. Me neither. That's not a knock on on three. I'm just saying. I uh, I don't. Shannon Terry tweeted this. So I'll just, I, I'm saying I don't put much into this, but you can decide what you want. 
He writes, Judkins has an on-three NIL valuation of 535000 I suspect, <clears throat> I suspect he is asking for two to three times his value. Even in this climate, it's hard to see a running back command a $1 million deal. Decisions for all involved. And I I had heard he was making a million dollars at, at, at Ole Miss. But maybe somebody's going to try and pay more. I mean, you would you would think that – I mean, I guess if you put your name in the portal, it at least gives you the opportunity, according to everything being above belt here, it gives you the opportunity to field offers, right? Now, granted, it kind of feels like you wouldn't put your name in the portal unless you knew something was uh, potentially going to be better than what you already got, which is a lot. But I, I – I... He's doing what Lane Kiffin said that every player should do, right? Remember what Lane Kiffin said after Bryce Young won the Heisman? He's like, I'd enter the portal. Um, just to see. Just to see, right? See what's out there. I mean, maybe Ole Miss is able to lure him back with more money. Maybe he's upset by some of the dollars that are going out there. You know, there was um, – I don't mean to, like, get all philosophical here and try to sound like old man get off my lawn what happened to my game that i love so much college football but i had a coach it's been a long time at a very prominent d1 power five program one day we were talking on this show about man maybe the best thing that can happen to nil and collectives is just to bring it all in-house and you have that office and it's like a gm and they just handle everything and this coach said, that's the worst thing that can happen. And what's going on right now, I mean, it's even worse. Because a guy can say, well, wait, what did we just pay to get this guy to come in here? What's he asking for? And what'd you pay him? And then not only do you potentially create schisms in your locker room, but then that guy might say, well, forget this. I'm going to the portal. The next thing you know, because – in this case, like a Quinchon John, uh, Johnson, uh, Judkins. I don't know if, I don't know if that's the case here, but it sounds kind of uh, odd, you know, given the timing and the buzz about the deals that were out there for these Ole Miss players. Man, Jaron Canick was right. You're worth more in the portal than you are just staying home. Maybe that's what Judkins is trying to do here. This is a massive story in college football right now, Josh. Massive, on the. Uh, Let's see, one, two, three. Eve, 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 Eve of the conference of national championship game. One of the most valued players in college football on a team that many think has a chance to compete for a title. Is trying to get some more value. Exactly. <laughs> Dale hit us up on X. He writes, he's from Bama, so don't be surprised. And, of course, there was no tampering by Alabama. Wink, wink. Man. Unbelievable. On the OU side of things, if you missed our portal report earlier, uh, Caden Woolard, defensive end out of Miami of Ohio, six foot five junior who had a breakout season last year with nine and a half sacks. Uh, he visited Oklahoma yesterday, and it looks like for now, uh, Nick Scourton did cancel a reported visit to Louisville, but I hadn't even seen that on his on the the games that are the places that we knew he was going to. We hadn't seen that talked about. But Scourton was at A&M yesterday, which is 15, 20 minutes from his home in Bryan, Texas. He is at Florida State today, off to Missouri tomorrow, and then to Oklahoma on Saturday. Two big defensive linemen the Sooners are targeting in the portal. 
And there's your top five stories today brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Anything else we missed? Let's find out next. We'll tie up any loose ends live from Cavens on a Thursday with the ref. I see my man here. I was catching up on the text line. Uh, first tweet to the show for the 918, I was talking about how, you know, I'm not in a home where anyone's ever going to say, hey, the game's on. Do you want to watch? That's just never going to be something that happens in my home. And I've it's accepted not, it. not our lived experience. It's not me. 918 writes, Plank, I have that wife. She'll get upset if any football is on and we're not watching. Great wife. Uh, sir, since that is your first text to the show, and since you don't have a, a title or a name or, I guess, moniker, handle, what we call it, gamer tag, whatever, I shall give you the tag of luckiest man on earth. I mean, could you, I can't even imagine my post-show phone call being like, hey, don't forget Maction's on tonight. All right, babe, let's go. <laughs> hey, hey, get in here. Maction Maction just kicked off. Um, uh, to, if you missed the top five stories of the day, we talked about the big deal with the NCAA championship broadcast, brought up the fact that uh, Tyler Keltner has been added. He's a kicker from Florida State. Didn't kick much this year. I think he had one extra point. Um, but had had some success at East Tennessee State University. And any time you had any kicker that's not Zach Schmidt, people seem to get excited about it. Um, but I, I think the big story has been Quin, uh, Quinshawn Judkins entering the transfer portal. And I got to say, I got to say, um, I don't know Dan from Madison, but Dan from Madison, Mississippi. Reports. Uh, he's usually pretty dead on. With his Ole Miss stuff. I'll give Dan that. He writes, if you're close to this situation, it's not that big of a surprise. His mom is kind of driving the bus here. I know the collective was working to get the number he wanted, but that number moved north. The collective at Ole Miss said no. I've started to hear those rumors at a lot of places. Not just Quinshawn Judkins, but places close to home yeah i mean there's only so much cash and you know look maybe there's somebody that's willing to pay that but eventually you can only pay so much and you gotta you gotta draw a line in the sand right every once in a while here's the other thing though that that i think is and i'm guilty of this because i'll say he's making more than most running backs would make in the nfl but the problem with running backs is, like, the long-term deal. Like, that's the issue. They're, they're still, I mean, I know the annual value is not all that great on their contracts, but in college, I mean, you're not worried about a long-term deal. It's like, I got you for three, maybe four years, and then you're if you're good, off to the NFL. So you can maybe splurge a little bit more in college than you would in the NFL on a running back because you're not worried about the long-term viability of them. But there's also a point with any of these guys where they come to you and say, hey, I feel like I deserve more money. Some of them, you're like, all right, let's talk. Others, you're like, yeah, okay, I, here's here's what that number is. I'm sorry we want you here, but if you think you can make more going in the portal, best of luck. But that's what your number is when you're here. I mean, is that what we're dealing with right now? It, it sounds like it, yeah. Sounds like it to me, too. Um, 
Adam Adam writes, I think Ole Miss told him they would have to reduce his deal so they could get more. They had a freshman everyone liked, and he got a lot of run this year. 5-8-0, Judkins was probably tampered with by Missouri. <laughs> um, and the seven one two sooner. Judkins most likely was setting his market higher. Ole Miss throwing dump money right now. He wants a raise. Well, and that's it. I mean, th- guys, listen, I could tell you every rumor that I've heard about Ole Miss, and Dan and Madison could probably tell us if it's true or not, but I've heard that I've heard that Ole Miss was given like 18 mil to go get guys in the portal. Um, I've heard that they were, and maybe that money was also spread to a certain extent apart, uh, across part of its recruiting class to where they started to drop a few more bags. But, yeah, if I'm Quinchon Judkins and I I see that, I'm probably going to go, all right, I want more money. I think I need to get paid more. But it also just it's I mean guys, it's not NIL. I mean it's really not, it's pay for play. So we gotta stop we gotta stop presenting this as NIL. And I don't know I don't know why we keep saying it. I don't know why it's nationally still a thing. It's not NIL. It's not name image likeness. There's some instances of that nationally, right? Sure. I, I just speak from what I write and talk about a right. lot as well, which is hey, Caitlin Clark with Gatorade, okay, that's name image likeness. Right, yeah, but in uh, insert whichever uh, athlete you want, uh, Caleb Williams at USC, a Bose deal. Okay, Dr. that's Pepper. That that's name image likeness. If a big brand wants to attach to you, then so be it. If uh, insert any of our great sponsors right here on the ref want to attach themselves to an Oklahoma athlete, hey, that's great. That's name image likeness. But hey, we found. Two hundred and fifty thousand extra dollars for you if you come play here is not name, image, likeness. I mean, it's not. Yeah, you're right. Good clarification. Are there instances of what kind of we thought was going to be what nil is? You bet. You bet. Something like this pay for play. And that's. It's going to a collective and saying he needs three million dollars this year. And somebody's going to pay it. I mean, I think. Hey, this is a good point here. I, I didn't mean to just start kind of rifling through the text line. We'll get an official run through it when we come back. Um, but I, 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 I did like this quite a bit where you start thinking about the bidding process. And is there going to be a point where every – you know, somebody's just going to end up jumping in the portal like, I want to go make more money, and it doesn't happen for him. I'm sure it's happening quite a bit. It, it might happen with Judkins. It might. I mean, that's don't rule that out yet because we don't know uh, what's going on now. Probably he had an inkling again why he would jump in, but, uh, I mean, he might find out that the grass isn't necessarily greener. <laughs> Jeff from OKC. I can hear Caden Green now. This guy just stole my move. <laughs> Um, and, and then before we break, when is the date that portal players have to be committed to wherever they are going? Start of the semester. Yeah, I just need to get enrolled. Yeah, there's not – for instance, there's a date when the portal closes, but by closing, that just means you can't enter your name anymore. And I would have to assume with Quinshawn Judkins that this was a paperwork process that had already started. 
because and, and I don't I don't think he's a graduate guy, but the the wording of this says Ole Miss star Quinshawn Judkins has informed the Rebels that he plans to enter the portal. So unless he's a graduate, portal's closed. Yeah, and, and he's not. So I don't know if he's saying I'm going to wait till April, but yeah. All right, let's break. Uh, let's let's do a full rogering when we come back of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I've got a great story for you on the Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts coming up on a Thursday edition live from Cavens Disaster Response Group on the ref. Do we say that uh, we had a little bit of Wagner's heating air breaking news this morning with the Quinshawn Judkins note? Yeah, I think that is a fair point. Wagner's Heating, Air Conditioning, Electrical, and Plumbing. We sell the best and service the rest. This hour of the Plank Show, hour number three, by the way, is brought to us by Moppin Roofing and Construction, as we say. Welcome back into the program. To the text line that uh, has been booming, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Uh, Drew says a five-day extension for New Year's Six playoff participants was given to those players. Oh, well, there you go. That's which, why. Which makes sense. They, makes they, sense. My bad. Y- you should that. have a little more time. Nah, I missed that. Thank you, Drew England. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I think Adam pointed that out, too. I completely and totally missed that somewhere, so my bad. Out of the 918, why would any of this surprise you? These kids will absolutely demand and jump for more money regardless of school. They have no loyalty to any school. Don't kid yourselves. Which, yeah, we, sh- we should not be surprised by, by uh, any of that, Plank, because guess what? If you want to earn, you want to earn. And we also, I don't think we shouldn't totally berate uh, anybody no. either. No, no, no. Listen, I, I want to make this very clear. I'm very old man, get off my lawn on a lot of things you kids and your realistic video games. But I would say I am all about college players, student athletes in every sport making as much as they can. Good luck. But with with this, I mean y'all good with this? This this fine. I got I want to see you make money. But you're mad about what you're making, and so you're just like, I'm out of here. I'm in the portal. Now, I, And again, like someone pointed out, I, I, was, I was reading this, this text here real quick before we got to our um, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I think this is the one that you just hit, right? The, the why would any of this surprise That's you? That's right. Right? Um, I mean, even, even in the NFL, you're, you're out of place for a certain amount of time. Because everyone's like, oh, it's just great, and – and then they'll have the the NFL be like, "Good, this is what all the college people deserve to get for taking advantage of the game." I, feel however you want to feel, but each school pours itself and its resources, and now a lot of finances, even more so, into these kids, men, women, and that they can get upset over uh, an amount of money. It is wild. I just say I'm out and go somewhere. I mean, just on a whim. It's kind of wild to me, man. It's. I guess it's good, but I don't like it. No, it's for a from a fan's perspective, it's not good. But for the athletes themselves, 
look, uh, you work so hard to earn that uh, it's good for them, right? right. In, in these, hey, absolutely. Now, it can also be bad for the players, too. If you make uh, an unwise decision to jump in, think that you're worth X, Y, Z, and all of a sudden you find out you're not, and now you don't have a home. I mean, there's it's not all great. It's not all bad either. So there's there's pros and cons to it. I just hope we get to a point to where – there is a little bit more structure to it. We got there with multiple windows, right? Uh, some some would still like a little more clarity in that regard. I think probably in whatever form or fashion this plays out, there will be a revenue share at some point. Now, how be. quickly that happens has to be. That's going to solve a lot of this, and then you're gonna you're gonna wind up uh, to where you have, I think, longer term contracts. I agree. I agree. Um, Shark asked. <laughs> When do arbitrators get involved in college sports? Yeah, I mean, who's to say that that's not next? Not only do you have a front office that is then in charge of like, collectives and then these alleged NIL deals, but then it's also, all right, so uh, on December 20th when the season's over, Jane Gibson's going to be in and they're going to negotiate his new deal or whatever. I mean, is that what we're, is that what we're inevitably getting to? Because that's what it sounds like. I mean, it sounds like that's where we are. Like, I, yeah, Drew England sent me a text. Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin sent a tweet where he's like, literally, it seems like he's fishing somewhere in the middle of the ocean. And he's got the emoji that's a hmm, scratching its chin emoji. Doesn't doesn't look like uh, he's doesn't look like he's fishing on the dirty bird, does it? No, it doesn't. It also doesn't seem that uh, doesn't seem like he's too phased or uh, no upset about it. it seems like life's going okay well and then i think AM was the case study the last few years right isn't Ole miss going to be one of the most fascinating case studies in college football this year about nil and uh collectives and pay for play and and, and, a, and attacking the portal like they have and paying what they have i mean it's it's going to be one of the most watched stories in college football this year and if they end up getting Judkins back, all right, we'll see. But even if they lose him, I don't suddenly think people are going to be dropping Ole Miss. Um, well, maybe they will. I mean, he was a major part of their offense, but they love that youngster that they have too. I don't know. It's just I, I think they're going to be an interesting case study anyway, Josh, throughout the entire season. It's just fascinating how so much of <laughs> so much of none of this is public record. Like we 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 That's- say, oh, we think this guy gets this or that. And we just don't know. So uh, even that part of it, I feel like I'm harping on that all the time, but I would like a little more transparency there. So here's where I'm confused. You're, you're Quinshawn Judkins, right? You've got your representatives. So you've got your deal through the collective and in our still somewhat antiquated rules, like the school doesn't get a say in that? I mean, that's just so weird to me that Lane Kiffin can't go to him and say, we got to get this guy. Allegedly, right? You're not supposed to do it, but I'm sure it happens everywhere. Now, you can't give that guy more. Or we're going after this guy. Here's the money that we need, things of that nature. It's just. When your roster is actively being poached. Right. I don't. This was pretty good. I think this was from the 918. 918. Oh, 405. I'm sorry. 405 and 918 represent today from the 405. Um, there are differences in priority for everyone. I'm glad 
Oklahoma's put a priority on the man, on the character, on the relationships. I believe those people will have more loyalty and will play and train harder for that than just the money. Now, I agree. And the reality is there is more than just (laughs) – I mean, NIL is part of everything. And, and again, pay for play, however you want to call it, phrase it, frame it. So I agree with you. Yeah, I I like the approach that Brent Venables – has put out there, but they're, they've had to put themselves in some situations or they've been forced to in these times, Josh, where there is some bidding wars, right? Sure. And, and as fans, those of you who love the recruiting rankings and love to get the big guys and the big transfer portal guys, I mean, some of those, if they weren't involved in them, not everyone is like you, sir, to where it's like, I want to be all about the man. Well, I want the man, too, but I want the man to be able to get me nine and a half to ten sacks, and my God, I don't want him to go anywhere else. And sometimes that's going to cost – most of the time, it's going to cost you a pretty penny. You, you know what I like? What's that? I like spending name, image, likeness uh, money on somebody that uh, has a track record as the Big 12's leading tackler, uh, is up for the Butkus Award. I like uh, spending yeah. money on somebody that's up for the Jim Thorpe Award. I like bringing Danny Stutzman and Billy Bowman back. Me I like too. spending money on Woody Washington. So there's multiple ways to play this game, and Judkins would fit that type of profile sure. too. That's what's kind of strange about this one. Right, let's get a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll we'll do one more quick look at the Primrose uh, or final thoughts with Primrose Funeral Services. Give one final full scrubbing. Shouldn't use Rogering now, as I've been told that maybe that could be offensive to some. A full scrubbing of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line as we put a wrap on a Thursday edition live from Cavens on the ref. All right, Primrose Funeral Services, final thoughts. Uh, you know what, Postal Sooner, that is a great text. And I, I, I've never in the history of this show carried over a text until tomorrow, but I just – we've only got four minutes here in our final segment. I, I think I want to start the show with this tomorrow. Is that can we care? Is that allowed? Can we carry over a text for twenty four hours? Why not? Because it's really good. It's just, you know, here's a guy who's been a fan since he jumped on board with his season tickets in '97. Fan, lifelong fan, even before then. By the way, it does seem kind of wild to me whenever people are like, "I've been a fan since the '90s," and I'm like, "That's not that long." Thirty years ago. <laughs> The 90s to me were my prime. So I know. I was like, jeez. Oh, it's, it's a little frightening. We're uh, almost to the – it's been 35 years ago. But he talks about the continued quest for more money, money, money out of his pocket. I think it's a good point. I think it's one that everyone involved in college sports is very much aware of right now. Whatever that looks like as a tease for tomorrow, yes, that day's coming where there's – you lose a little interest in some some way. Hmm. Um. Primrose Funeral Service has been kind enough to sponsor our final thoughts with the caveat that we remind you that through the most difficult times in your life, the loss of a loved one, Primrose Funeral Service, Sunset Memorial Park Cemetery, Primrose Funeral Service is here for you. PrimroseFuneralService.com, pre-plan your memorial service today. Josh, I want to leave on a positive note, though. A little history for Oklahoma yesterday. Stillwater teenager Willis Gibson posted a video on his YouTube channel where he reached level 157 of the game 
Tetris, which caused the game to crash. He is believed to be the first human player to beat the Nintendo Classic 34 years after its release. (laughs) Wow. The 13-year-old fell back in his chair, according to this BBC report. The 13-year-old? 13-year-old. Quote, I'm going to pass out. I can't feel my fingers. (laughs) That checks out. Okay, you want more? You want more to get mad, you Tetris nerds? It took him 38 minutes to beat the game. Until a few years ago, players believed it was only possible to play up to level 29. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. My video game expertise is Madden and the EA Sports College football game. That's it. Might have got involved in a little 2K, but a little FIFA here and there. But, I mean, I'm not – I wasn't into the shoot 'em up game. I think I played Duke Nukem 3D when it came out to tell you how old I am. But people still play Tetris? Like, that's a thing? What, what, what are we doing with our lives right now? Should be at home sitting on your couch watching Instagram reels like I am. Do you play – did you play Tetris? Did I play Tetris? Okay. Come on. Because I was, I was right in your wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. I had the original Game Boy, and we had Tetris. Oh, what a way to go out today. The teenager who goes by the name Blue Sco- Scooty said he's played the game since he was 11 and has competed in several gaming tournaments. He broke the overall score in three other Tetris World Records in addition <laughs> to beating the game. Um, there you go. Other gamers are now trying to beat the 13-year-old's record. Okay, hold on a second. I want—I just want to have that conversation where some of you YouTubers, gamers, who make infinitely more money than I am are running home. All right, babe, listen. I'm going to go play Tetris. i got to be a 13-year-old. So All right, gotta, I'll be I, back. In- <laughs> i got to go play for the next two years. I'll see you later. <laughs> Congratulations to Oklahoma's very own Willis Gibson, 13 years old, becomes the first human player to beat Tetris. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Steelman and Thune at noon or next right here on The Ref.